This is Trey Quinn, and you're listening to Roster Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the epic Roster Watch podcast brought to you by rosterwatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap here, of course, with Byron Lambert. We ask that if you enjoy the podcast and you enjoy seeing it in your iTunes feed, your Apple podcast feed, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever it is you listen, if you could please rate and review the podcast. We're at 270 ratings in Apple Podcasts right now, and we need to get that ratings number up before next week. We have more shows coming up this week. Uh, We'd appreciate you guys getting in there, giving us some love in Apple Podcasts. Of course, the best way to support the podcast is by getting a pro membership at rosterwatch.com. It is because of our pro members at rosterwatch.com, Rosterwatch Nation, that we can do this podcast. They are the reason for this podcast. They are the listeners that we care the most about. To be honest, we don't give a shit about you if you're not a pro member at rosterwatch.com and you're a fucking freeloader listening to this podcast on, on, on the backs of those uh, that are members of Roster Watch Nation, members for a very, very cheap price over there at Roster Watch and get all of our tools. So don't be a motherfucking freeloader. Go get a membership at rosterwatch.com if you like this podcast, if you use it and consume it to help you with your fantasy football uh, contests. With that being said, Byron, the best ball cheat sheet up to version 7.2. The Dynasty Rookie cheat sheet up to version, I believe, 1.6. And within the next two weeks, we will have probably right around the time of the FSTA uh, conference up in Minneapolis that we'll be in, in attendance for. We will get up the, the PPR version, the early PPR version of the redraft cheat sheet for 2018. The time is just right around the corner. What do you think? Pumped, man. I'm pumped about Summer FSTA. <laughs> what do you think? Come on, man. Leaving me hanging. You couldn't be more fucking thrilled, my man. So <laughs> excited. What are you more thrilled about? Summer FSTA or going after some of these Northern Pike and stuff that we got that we got the guided trip for? Man, we are going after Muskie on the fly with the world record holder for Muskie on the fly up there in Minnesota. What an unbelievable what did I treat tell you? that's going to be I, I, I don't want to get tilted going fly fishing we're going to take you out for a whole day of dirt ball traditional fishing to fill up and get your jollies uh before we transition over to the grown man's uh fly fishing lessons it's just I'll, uh, yeah i don't know i'll, I'll be spin- if, if we're if we're going fly fishing i'm gonna be spending just a bunch of my time with my fucking cord tangled up in a tree back behind me and shit like this man fly fishing's tough hey i'm not any good at it but i'm using this trip to get ready for the bigger game down in key west uh, because i've pretty much done most of my fly fishing in my very early early uh, progression here uh you know for trout smaller fish are you still on your um still on your cleanse have you have, have have you broken out of it yet? Oh, of course not. I never throw in the towel. Day number three, about three and a half gallons in. I got 
I'm prepared to make eight gallons. It usually takes me about seven or eight gallons to get through a week. That's all I'll consume mm-hmm. is seven gallons of spicy-ass cayenne pepper lemonade. No real, like, no um, any moments of weakness thus far where you've said you're going to just throw in the towel? Never said I was going to throw in the towel. There's been a couple times where I've thought about it. <laughs> what, what do you like? How like how weak of a moment was it? How close were you to maybe doing it? Like as far as your inner narrative, your inner dialogue, your self talk. What is your self talk? What is the what is the devil on one shoulder saying? I'm just curious. Like if you'd had to give me two thousand dollars before to quit, you could have probably gotten me to quit for a grand or maybe seven fifty last night. <laughs> last night? Yeah. Was it was it something that you wanted to eat? Like are like are you currently hungry? Yeah, well a lot of people say day three is the worst day. In my experience, it's been late on day two or surprisingly sometimes day four before you just totally break out and your body goes into this different mode where it just you know, you just, it's easier to go on with your life and your day. But, and I never really get a headache, but late last night I did get kind of like a headache. And I just think it's because I've been drinking so much beer and coffee the last few weeks, more, way more than usual, way more than I should, that that's just part of the lumps with this whole thing, man. You know, you're, I think to myself, I'm, I'm not dying. This is where some people say, oh my God, I'm dying. I got to quit because I got a headache. And this is where I say, man, it's just part of the deal. And Drank some water, went to bed, woke up, felt like a million bucks, man. Think you shed about 1% of your body weight a day on this thing on average. And uh, I, I, have, I, I have a question. Not to say that you're, a, that you're a weed smoker, but if you were a weed smoker, can you smoke weed on, on, on this thing or do you have to cut that out too? You can, you can. Depends on what version of the cleanse you're doing. You can. Just depends. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. There's a lot of weed smokers that do this cleanse. Depends on whether it's for your body or your mind or both. Yeah. Ideally, huh. ideally, you would quit everything. Ideally, no. Fair enough. Silent assassin Trey Quinn. Jay, Jay Gruden says that Trey Quinn, who was drafted as mystery irrelevant, who we said on the Sirius XM airwaves at the time that he was drafted, was going to be anything but irrelevant at the NFL level. He, look, he, he's making waves in OTAs. And uh, the Washington Redskins look like real geniuses for drafting Trey Quinn, who was our number one route runner from inside Lucas Oil Stadium at this year's Combine. Certainly a guy that we didn't have any preconceived notions regarding coming in. Uh, It was a bit of a surprise, as these guys sometimes are. They come out of the Combine as the winners or just among the really top guys as far as our on-field grades from inside Lucas Oil at the Combine. This year was Trey Quinn, uh, by far and away, and honestly – I probably should go back and look just for a historical president, but I think he's among the best that we've ever seen there. Going back to, I think we started doing the on-field grades in Sammy Watkins' year, and I always get the years mixed up these days, but I think, it was that 2014? There's been a few guys that have scored like 38s on that sheet. i got to have to pull it up to see what Trey Quinn came out. It was a little bit of a down year overall for wide receiver drills, and I think we've become a uh, a little bit uh, more conservative, you know, graders over the years in there, really, really uh, honing down on what it is we like to look for in, in there. Maybe, but but I think most would agree this was in some ways a, you know, a little bit of a down year at the very top end of the wide receiver class, at the very least. Right. We saw I'm that on the field to, drills. 
I'm trying to figure. All right, so 2018 wide receiver combine scorecard. I have it pulled up here. Trey Quinn, he was wearing number 30. Um, 35.3 so yeah not not quite up there with the sammy walk-ins of the world and stuff like that but i mean uh, you can go to rosterwatch.com you could download every year of the uh wide receiver on field scorecards and compare for yourself but trey quinn was the best route runner at the combine this year by our eyes and we graded every single you know rep that every single player ran uh and then byron you went on to go see him at smu pro day Kind of came out of there feeling the same way. The guy's a technician. I sure did. I really was glad I attended that pro day. Uh, Trey Quinn is a guy that you expect to look really good in OTAs, just the same way that he looked really good on on on-field drills in Indianapolis and the same way he looked fantastic on-field in wide receiver drills and routes uh, at the SMU pro day here in Dallas. Um, So this is, you know, you've said it, it was we were banging the table during our broadcast on Sirius XM, our live NFL draft broadcast right there at Jerry World. We were banging the table on day two and day three for when are the hell are we going to hear somebody pick off Trey Quinn in this draft? It was just unbelievable thievery uh, that late for the Redskins, who had you know a, a, a pretty good haul this year. And um, you know when you look at the Redskins depth chart, we're hearing reports that Alex Smith has a great rapport with Jamison Crowder, which is probably no surprise. We know we have the free agent addition of Paul Richardson. And then there's Josh Doxson, an, an old roster watch standby who's been taking body blow after body blow. Who we just, you know, you've, you've got to come to your senses with how you're going to deal with him. And, and really behind him, Brian Quick, he's, he's, he'll probably won't even make the roster. He rarely does. <laughs> Do you remember whenever uh, who who was it? What was it? Les Snead that that told us that they said Brian Quick was going to be there. Vincent Jackson. Oh yeah, yeah, that was. <laughs> that's that's going to be a while back now. That we're talking about the time that Les Snead was still really high on Brian the, Quick. <laughs> the other rookie, the other rookie wide receiver they picked up was Simi Cobbs Jr., who we don't really hate, but Trey Quinn just lives in another neighborhood, and he's really got a direct line to wide receiver four in this offense what does that mean with Alex Smith and with a potentially a tight end like Jordan Reed in the mix to cannibalize some of those interior targets you know you you get a little concerned you hope this doesn't turn out like a Ryan Switzer in Dallas who who maybe we shouldn't forget has resurfaced in Oakland when we're thinking about our dynasty team that's got a little bit of long-term you know, just God, a little bit of long, golly, you've always, been, you've, always been, you've always been such a Ryan, Ryan Switzer enthusiast and apologist. Hey, John Gruden went after him for a reason, man. They, they, he, I think he likes the guy. So, uh, nonetheless, yeah, Trey Quinn, direct, direct line for wide receiver four in an Alex Smith offense. I'm excited for it, probably more in real terms of just how good of a football player I think Trey Quinn is. Him, he gets a ripe opportunity on a good team. Um, for fantasy, don't you think it'll take an injury? I guess I have some interest in dynasty, right? Uh, we can talk. Well, yeah, J- Jamison Crowder's in. Jamison Crowder is in a c- contract year right now, and he's probably going to want. He's probably going to want money. I mean, they, they, even going back to, I'm looking here at. Um, 
this looks like it's from NBC Sports. And even back in January, he was talking about how he liked it playing in Washington and he was interested in an extension and blah, blah, blah. He's going to want, I mean, look around the league. I mean, just because he's a slot wide receiver doesn't mean that he's probably not going to want a bunch of money. He's going to, his agent's going to want his contract based around, probably based similar to what Jarvis Landry's was. Well, look, that's what these guys try and get. That's what these guys try and get. I agree, and then with Jordan Reed's future uncertain, there is some, there is quite a bit of dynasty appeal here. Now that the, now that the information about the landing spot, now that the match is starting to show some synergy and some appeal, let me ask you, Alex, uh, we may want to recalibrate uh, Trey, Trey Quinn's landing spot here as far as its value as it uh, uh, pertains to dynasty. Do we think now that we like Trey Quinn more than a guy like that you've talked about so much, like Doris Fountain in Dynasty? I'm not sure I like him more than Fountain. I love I, I love Doris Fountain's game, and I just think that there's so much volume to possibly be had in that Indianapolis Colts offense if Andrew Luck ever. What's the fight? Is, is Andrew Luck ever going to even make it back? He's, do you know he's still not throwing a – how many times are we going to have to just sit here and ask, is Andrew Luck throwing a football yet? I mean, it, dude, if he's not throwing a football by June, uh, we need to bail on, on, on T.Y. Hilton. And we need to bail on the rest of this offense outside of maybe the running game. Because if he's not throwing the football by June, he's not going to be throwing by August. He's just not. He needs to be throwing a football right now. Right? Doesn't he need to be? Th- you can't come into July not throwing a football, and then during July you ramp up throwing, and then in August you're back to 100%. He's not going to be Andrew Luck. Like, at, at what point do we say this is the cutoff? He is not going to be Andrew Luck next year, even if he does make it back. When is the cutoff? Man, these shoulder surgeries are scary. I've had friends with them, and they are bad, bad surgeries. And I, even one of my shoulders is starting to get kind of balky these days. It would totally, totally inhibit me from being able to do anything. You know, I've had a shoulder. Anything. I, I've, I've had shoulder surgery. I've had shoulder surgery. My, I've had two shoulder surgeries from the time that I from the time that I was playing, the time that I was playing rugby. Nothing, you know, nothing, you know, like not like a reconstructive deal. The same way that his was. Nothing they could have botched. Both of those were scopes with just tiny, uh, three tiny incisions in in the same two in the same three spots uh, around my shoulder, and then one, you know, where where I guess they do arthroscopic shit i guess that's a laser or something i don't even fucking know what they did they only kind of cut into it in one little tiny spot i think with lux they had to kind of cut in there and do some major repair. stuff because some repair yeah i don't, yeah, I don't I, so i don't i don't really i mean you're just I, not sure that even if he it, comes back if he's really the same andrew luck dude he had to go to he had to go get plasma rich platelet injections and all the stuff over there like overseas and it's like he's already like at, at, at one point he came to grips with the fact that this this surgery was something that is something that he had to he had to seek out like alternative like experimental treatment to see if he could reverse. I just wonder. So that makes me think maybe like Dory's found the reason that I the reason that I did like him is because I, I I love him in an Andrew Luck offense. But at what point do we need to start th- saying we cannot depend on this being an Andrew Luck offense? It's like are are we at that point? Can we not depend on this being an Andrew Luck offense? Because if so, I'm looking at the best ball cheat sheet. And, I, I mean, I need to get T.Y. Hilton down. 
I mean, even right now, do you, in a vacuum, would you take Stefan Diggs over T.Y. Hilton right now? You have to. Would you take Tyreek Hill, of course? Would you take Juju over him? Yeah, for sure. What, what about Larry Fitzgerald and Allen Robinson and Josh Gordon? Got to. What about Demarius Thomas and Alshon? Maybe not in best ball. Because uh, T.Y. Hilton maybe did still, Alshon, did still have but monster De- weeks. Demarius is where I'd start to. I think that's a pretty natural breaking point until we have more information on Andrew Luck. If you're getting last year's T.Y. Hilton, I probably like him about as much as a little bit reinvented version of a Demarius Thomas. So that'll be on version 7.3 of the best ball cheat sheet. I'm making this update right now. I'm getting T.Y. Hilton the fuck down. Um, what about just, the fact that Andrew... I mean, I just feel like, I just feel like at what point... When are we going to call it? At some point, you got to call it. You know, like when you're in a kid, like when you're a little kid and you're playing football out in the streets and stuff like that, and you want to play all night. You want to play all, play all night. But soon, the, soon, night falls, and the hours are running out, and there's, just only, there's only that many hours in a day, and you got to call it. you got to say, guys, we're calling it. That's it. That's it. We're done. Like, at what point do we call it for T.Y. Hilton? And we just say, look, the sun's going down on this fucking thing. I mean, it's, it, to me, it seems like basically kind of right now. Kind of, I mean, Andrew Luck can't throw a football still. Today is, what is it, June 6th? Is it June 6th? Yeah. He can't throw a football. So are you telling me that in two months he's going to be at 100% coming back into training camp? I just, it's, it's been, dude, it's been almost two years. He's still not throwing a football. How is it in two months things are just going to ramp back up to complete 100%? What about the fact that he already looks like he's 40 years old? <laughs> the people, dude, the, dude, the people in Indianapolis at, um, at St. Elmo's just got such a downgrade and level of uh, high roller customer when they had to move from Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck. I mean, no more renting out the whole back room for all the boys after the game. He buy them all steaks and get them cigars. Andrew Luck comes in by himself, by himself, and likes the hamburger steak with gravy on top. Unbelievable. Feels like Trey Quinn so, could be like a little hamburger with on my hamburger <laughs> steak with some gravy on top, man. He's gonna. I'm telling you, he's 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 going to be better than that. All right, all right hold uh, on. Let me let me reel off a few other names here while I got you on the hook, man. This is reverse right. name game. This time I'm in charge. Trey Quinn or Jaleel Scott in Baltimore? Oh, Trey Quinn. Trey Quinn. I what what have you seen? What have you seen out of Jaleel Scott that you really love? Let me look and see what Trash Man had to say about Jaleel Scott in his final film grades because Jaleel Scott's not a dude who I'm I mean are you that interested in him I mean what what, what did you think about him at the senior bowl to me he was completely nondescript um you know better film than his uh than his his showing there let's see he ran the four five six forty Almost six foot five, two eighteen, ten uh, ten inch hands trash man compared him to Brandon Marshall Thought his best attributes were his size, and let's look at the legend here, position-specific. Number two is, and you can find all this stuff at rosterwatch.com with a pro membership. 
Dude, he says the only the only two wide receivers in this class that he says has be, have better hands than Jaleel Scott are Deshaun Hamilton and Anthony Miller. That's that's pretty interesting. Well, Jaleel Scott also interesting was a fourth round pick by the Baltimore Ravens. That's kind of like they targeted him there. And you got to remember, I mean, some of these guys, the John Browns, the Crabtrees, the Paramans, these guys aren't around forever. And you know, it's yeah. kind of about how much do you, how do you, how much do you potentially like a Lamar Jackson to Jill, Jaleel Scott dynasty connection? I kind of do. Yeah, I actually kind of do. I kind of do. More than a Trey Quinn now. Yes, you've just talked me a little bit into like kind of liking Jaleel Scott. I mean, it's a fourth-round pick versus mystery irrelevant, right? I mean, that's kind of how those hairs have been split in a reasonable situation. Let me reel off a few more names here. Marquez Valdez-Scantling in Green Bay. Another guy similar to Jaleel Scott. Was he middle rounds? Uh, Him and Jamon Moore. What do you think about those guys? You've already told me you're way low on Equinemius St. Brown. We've got Trey, we've got Trey Quinn above Equinemius right now. What about those other rookie? To be. What about those other rookie Packers wide receivers in Dynasty? I mean, it feels like Randall well, Cobb is going to finally go the way of the dinosaurs. Sometime Geronimo Allison is slated as the number three right now, and he sucks. He's 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 a slug. Allison, he's, he, he's he, yes, he's unathletic. I mean, I think he's we, a decent three him. if you've got a quarterback as good as Aaron Rodgers. On most teams, he'd be your four. He's not that good, dude. I mean, we always had a little bit of a thing for him because of his Shrine game and late add to the Senior Bowl. I mean, everybody knows we've always kind of been on Geronimo Allison. I think at this point, I think people just kind of like him more than I ever did or have. I just think everybody just knows that we kind of talked him up early because um, we thought that it could be okay. I, I, I just think he's okay. I don't think he's ever going to be anything more than kind of what he is. And I think what he is is a replacement level three at the NFL level, right? Yeah. That's kind of what he is. Um, so we, we're talking about Valdez, Scantling. And Jamon Moore, the Packers rookies. That's just a tale of two different kinds of guys because with Val, they took Valdez, Scantling one, one round later. Or was it two rounds later than Jamon? Was it two rounds later they took Valdez Scantling? I think it was four and six. I'm double-checking right now. Yeah, I think so, too. So, you, so Jamon Moore has the draft capital. The, the issue with Jamon Moore is that he ran a slow 40 time. Let's see. His 40 time was a 4-6. But if you look at his three cone, you look at his agility scores, if you look at his overall spark score, his spark X score uh, from the NFL Combine, he was lights out. Yeah, I mean, his, uh, his, I'll go to Three Sigma Athlete and just see, but um, his, as far as his, his athleticism numbers across his entire combine, if, you, if people just look at the, um, if they just look at the uh, 40 time, it's not going to draw the right picture. Jamon Moore, because, around four pick, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, around five pick, Alex. Sorry, go okay, ahead. So they're, so, so they're one so they're one deal apart. Um Spark X score, I mean, 93rd percentile. And then let me look on player profiler for his agility score. And that's a 98th percentile. So Jamon Moore is a, is a dynamic athlete, whereas Mar- Marquez Valdez-Scantling, I've actually talked to one of his coaches from South Florida. He's a six foot four, 206-pound guy with 4.37, just dynamic straight-line speed. But even his college coach has told me that he's got some work to do with um, 
getting his hands out, catching the football away from his body, framing the football, extending to it. So I think of all those guys, I like Jamon more than most. I would probably like Valdez Scantling. With those guys, I mean, I would. I, I think just any of those guys, considering it's Aaron Rodgers, I think I would like. I would rather take the gamble on Jamon Moore. I don't mind taking the gamble on Valdez Scantling, and I think I would rather take the gamble on either of them than on Trey Quinn and Dynasty. But it's close. Okay, I totally agree with you. Two more, Alex. These are quick. I think Trey Quinn may deserve consideration over both of these guys who are also late round picks. Maybe we can give him a bump here over 49ers seventh round pick Richie James Jr. And New England sixth round pick Braxton Pipsqueak Braxton Berrios. Oh yeah, over Berrios for sure. Ah, but Bar- God, goddamn, isn't he a guy that Belichick's going to probably get? I mean, eighty receptions for seven hundred yards and six touchdowns in his rookie season, or so. I mean, yeah, I could see that. And dude, do, do you remember him? Him at the Senior Bowl, Berrios, he caught everything. But you know, I think Trey Quinn would have caught everything at the Senior Bowl too. I really do. A lot of tough decisions here. Maybe we have this thing dialed in just right in version 1.6. And last but not least, thoughts on Richie James Jr. Hold on, who's the other one besides Richie James Jr.? Richie James Jr. in San Francisco. I think I like Trey Quinn better. Because even though we love Richie James, he's he's a friend of Roster Watch Nation. He's been on our radio program. We've been in correspondence with him and and his representation uh, through this whole process. He's a guy who's a little bit more raw. He's a dynamic athlete. And I think that – is it weird to say that maybe the – I just think that – I think Jameson Crowder is going to be gone next year. And I think it's a Josh Doxson, Paul Richardson, Trey Quinn offense. With some, with of course Jordan Reed still there, so I think that I think there's a direct line there. I just think with, I think with Richie James Jr. There's there's still Pierre Garcon, there is still Marquise Goodwin. Um, there are other players there, you know, lesser known players that are veterans. They also drafted Dante Pettis. So I, I just I think Richie James Jr. might be a guy that we see involved a little bit more often, maybe in the return portion of the game and stuff like that on special teams. And so I think that Trey Quinn might have a more direct line to those offensive touches that we're, uh, that we're certainly looking for in fantasy, uh, you know, much harder than we're looking for any kind of special team stuff. Well, certainly, speak, certainly sounds like our intelligence and rookie analytics are pretty damn dialed in here. Maybe what we'll do is we'll – Give Richie James Jr. just a tiny little bump down the board and make sure and get Trey Quinn up just a, a tiny smidge for version 1.7 of the Dynasty Rookie Draft Cheat Sheet. We should add that Rich Tandler of NBC Washington is reporting that Jamison Crowder and Alex Smith look like they're having a sort of a budding rapport in Redskins OTAs. We'll see, man. Um, we'll see. I mean, this is a year where where he's going to have to go big to, to, to earn some money in a contract year. I just... I don't know. I, I, I think that if he does, do you, do you think – I mean, what do you think of Crowder? Do you think that he's going to be a guy who they're going to make a priority to keep around if he does have a big year and, and Alex Smith is that comfortable with him? I don't think he's I, – I think if he has a good year, he's going to ask for Jarvis money, and I just – I don't think – I don't think you can pay that. Yeah, probably not after you paid Paul Richardson like you did in the offseason last year. A lot will depend on the internal personnel evaluation of Trey Quinn, of course. Yeah, I mean, the question is, is he going to ask for Jarvis money? I'm sure he'll try to. I mean, he'd have to have a monster season for that to even be semi-realistic, but you couldn't blame him for trying. You just wonder, does that push 
even if he doesn't get it, does that still push his salary out of the range that somebody like the Redskins might want to uh, to go into there? You know what? They've got they got some cap room, though. They haven't been in typical Daniel Snyder cap hell uh, up there in Washington. Our buddy on Twitter, uh, speaking of, you know, speaking, we talked about Richie James Jr., um, maybe having a role on special teams that's you know more important for that football team than it is for fantasy uh it looks like our guy our friend on twitter mike k from down there in jacksonville um looks like he's had some stuff picked up that uh there at first coast news that the special teams coach uh, joe DeCamillis is playing uh dj shark who was also a senior bowler, a rookie wide receiver? Where, who's who's he around on 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 that cheat sheet? Is 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 he above Jamon Moore? Oh yeah, DJ Chark is sandwiched between Michael Gallup and Dante Pettis. I think. We, well, what do you think? Do you think that this news might mean that he needs to get moved down a little bit? They're saying that. You know, he's saying that he's a punt returner, kick returner, kickoff coverage, punt coverage, and gunner. <laughs> so not much talk about offense. Um, it's, li- it's likely that he thinks his focus as a rookie is going to be, um, I don't know, on special teams. It's, it's looking more and more like he might not have a significant impact as a rookie in year one. Does that change the way that you feel about him in Dynasty, or have you always kind of been baking that in that – you know, after these sort of prove-it deals for Dante Moncrief, uh, et cetera, once they kind of figure out what's going on with that, then, you know, maybe Shark will have a role. Or do you just not – I mean, what do you think? Uh, this, to me, doesn't sound like good news for anybody who is uh, looking for any sort of short-term return on, on D- DJ Shark and maybe not the best way for him to enter in to his time down there in Jacksonville, especially whenever he's playing on a team that's a run-first team with a quarterback who sucks. I feel like to some extent that's always been baked into our cumulative assessment of the dynasty outlook as it related to the landing spot for DJ Chark. But, you know, I think coming out of the draft, his momentum and his stock was also just about as high as it's ever been. And it does feel with this news that it's come down to earth a little bit. So, yeah. We got to get an update to the dynasty cheat sheet specifically to move him down, I think. I think he needs to move down a good bit. Can we play a name game with him and I can talk about guys who I'd rather have? Why don't I just go down the list? Okay. Antonio Callaway. Yes, I would rather have Callaway than, than Shark. Dante Pettis. Yes, okay. most certainly. Actually, it goes Pettis Callaway. Okay. Well, we're giving away some of the meat of the sheet here, but the listeners, this is like a little free little peep show for the listeners. All oh, these fucking freeloaders. Remember, it is, it, is, it is Roster Watch Nation that is... This is Roster Watch Nation that, that, is, that is underwriting this, this intelligence to you. Please go to rosterwatch.com and get a pro membership. We don't mean to call you freeloaders. We're really just fucking around. But you kind of are freeloaders if, if you're not supporting the podcast in any way, especially you guys who listen. There's like literally uh, – we're almost up to where it's like there's almost 10,000 people listening to this podcast every episode. And there's only 270 reviews, which I don't understand. But anyway – like if 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 you're listening, we like we get we get down on our knees and we beg you, please go give a rating and review. Like if you're not going to get a pro membership, and it's like pe- pe- people still don't, but but we're here doing the podcast for the people who do do that stuff and who do subscribe at Roster Watch. Regardless, can we get back to the? God, I get on such tilt about that. Can can we get back to the name game? Yeah, we can. Sorry here. Okay, DJ Chark or Deshaun Hamilton in Dynasty. Deshaun Hamilton, no question. 
DJ Chark or Traquan Smith in Dynasty? Traquan. DJ Chark or Kiki Kuti in Dynasty? Kiki, absolutely. And I like Kiki more than probably Traquan. DJ Chark or Dion Kane in Dynasty? That's where he's a toss-up. That's where he needs to be moved. And I'd like to get Kiki up a small bit, too. Do you like DJ Chark more than Cedric Wilson? Yes. I think I do. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. That, that sounds yeah, right. Yeah, I think I do. So you want to move him down Cedric about Wilson five or only, six spots. Yeah, Cedric Wilson only weighs like 185 pounds or something like that. Yeah, and, and, and we said Cedric Wilson and DJ Chark were basically dueling all week for that number two spot at the Senior Bowl. And Cedric Wilson was kind of the slick guy out there but Chark is you know from the bigger time competition with the better the better measure so bigger, bigger play yeah. had the better game so that'd be fitting if DJ Chark sat right atop senior former senior bowl teammate um or I don't know were they on opposing teams I think they were teammates uh, I think so Cedric too. Wilson uh, right here hey, on the newest version of the dynasty yeah. cheat sheet I, I just I have a I have a couple of questions for you be, before we get out of here. One is, have you seen this news about what is up with this nebulous and dubious sounding fine that has been unspecified about what it is? But John Harbaugh fined fifty thousand uh, dollars. The Steve Biscotti is it Steve Biscotti Biscotti the owner of the Ravens fined one hundred thousand dollars for some kind of, for an unnamed infraction by the National Football League. Have, have you heard about this? No, it sounds pretty woolly, man. At what at what point an, an, an unknown infraction, and they're also going to lose three OTA practices. It's probably some kind of maybe when they had oh. players in pads at some mini camp or something like I don't know what it I don't know I don't know what it is but fifty thousand and one hundred thousand no thoughts about that or you know what they could be dealing with and also what what is Ian Ra- Ian Rappaport's paychecks are signed by the National Football League why is he reporting dubious shit like this about them <laughs> shouldn't he be like only reporting the good shit that's what I kind of wonder sometimes about. The uh, the conflict of interest between what these guys who work for the NFL Network and and who are who are also supposed to be doing all this, this reporting, you know whether they should even be reporting that kind of shit. But yeah, apparently Rapshi came out with the report: fifty k for Harbaugh, one hundred k for Biscotti. Do you think it's for wearing pads at, at minicamp? Apparently that happened in twenty. I'm looking on Roto World. It says the Ravens are now repeat offenders after losing three OTA practices in 2016 when they had players and pads during rookie minicamp. So it's if if their assumption is it's probably a similar infraction. Any thoughts? Yeah, it sounds like when I tune into Twitter, there's definitely going to be new accusations of new cheaters in the NFL coming <laughs> being lobbed from probably many interesting directions. Yeah. And then finally, the other thing I was going to ask you, this is just something I was kind of talking with my wife about last night. And we're the kind of people who just don't do this. But I've, I've noticed as I've grown older, people are different. Do you leave a sink full of dirt? How often would you do you feel comfortable leaving a sink full of dirty dishes out overnight? No. Do you do it, though? Not really. 
I can't do it. I, I, I can't go to sleep thinking about it because those dishes are dirty and I worry about like roaches crawling into my sink. Or like, you know, bugs coming in flying around it or fucking rats smelling it and wanting to come in from the outside. It's like, I can't, I have to go to bed with a clean slate. I got to know that the dishwasher's going, you know, or if it's not going, the dishes have at least been cleaned off and put in the dishwasher. What I can't explain to my wife, and for the life of me, I can't make her understand this, is, and maybe I was, maybe I was just brought up weird, but were you brought up to like, clean the dish before it even goes in the dishwasher. Oh, yeah. Like, the dish that goes 100%. in the dishwasher should be should be clean. There shouldn't be a bunch of fucking... Yeah, like it's more spaghetti. of a dish sanitizer than a dishwasher. Uh, so, all right. So, we're on the exact same... I figured you and I would, would be on the exact same same page about this. And my wife's on the same page about not leaving the sink full of dirty dishes. She just does... For her, a dishwasher doesn't serve the... Like, for her, it's, like, supposed to wash the dish. And to me, I say, no, no, no. That's not how we do it. That's not how we teach our kids. That's not what this is all about. What you do is you gotta fucking you gotta you gotta clean it, and then the dishwasher, like you said, that's a good way of putting it. It's a dish sanitizer. I'm wondering if maybe dishwashers, modern dishwashers, have become a little burlier, where maybe they can handle a little more grit and grime. I just know that, like you said, growing up, man, you can't have all that all that stuff backing up in the pipes and the drains down there. Yeah, no, for sure. You can't have stuff back. It's generally not a good idea to have things backing up in the pipes and in the drains in any aspect or any kind of uh, metaphor that you want to take from that. So with that said, it's been a long day today. We're glad that we could get the pod out for you guys here on the Wednesday. We'll have the Thursday pod as well with the trash man. Again, make sure to rate and review the podcast. Please, please, please. Rate and review the podcast, especially on Apple Podcasts. That is how we keep up with our traction. It is how our marketing people keep up with our traction. It's how some of the decision makers about the way that we create this content keep up with our traction. So if you want more podcast content, you're the ones who are going to be able to make it happen. And it's going to be made to happen by rating and reviewing us in Apple Podcasts and going to rosterwatch.com and getting a pro membership to show your support for everything that we do. With that being said, we're going to get the hell out of here. So uh, for Byron Lambert, for the Trash Man, for the Robot Genius, and all of Roster Watch Nation, my name is Alex Dunlap. This has been the Roster Watch Podcast, brought to you by RosterWatch.com. We will see you next time. <laughs>